think it's pretty cool to have a, a seminar in prayer and fasting and have people show up. I mean, it's one thing to have. This is this can only happen in the church. I'll say that this this can only happen in the body of Christ, where you have a have a have a seminar about not eating, and people come. So, uh, in other another in 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 the world's eyes, this is crazy, and. But we know that there's spiritual benefit to this. Uh, I think that if you'd have told me two years ago that me and Emma are going to be leading a seminar on fasting and prayer, I would have been like, I don't know the first thing about fasting and prayer. But uh, the Lord has just, in just the this short amount of time, uh, the Lord has taken us on such a journey um, to, to know more. And this revelation has brought so much life to our to us and transformation to us and brought life and transformation to the body, which is which is which is just amazing. Just to just to give you a little bit of a background on how we got here. In uh, I shared this the last time I spoke this last month, but in uh, twenty twenty one, I always make goals for the year, and I wrote this one goal down that I was going to weigh one hundred and seventy nine pounds. And about halfway through the year, I realized. That ain't ever in the world going to happen. I hadn't weighed that since high school. I thought, you know, I'm just going to work out really hard. I'm going to eat healthy and I'm going to weigh 179 pounds. And I'm 34, 34 years old now. I was 32 years old at the time. And that doesn't work like that anymore, you know. And so I uh, I realized halfway through the year that that ain't going to happen. And, uh, and then on Pastor Appreciation Sunday, I get this book called The Jesus Fast. There's a coffee over there. I get this book called The Jesus Fast, and I opened up, I started reading it, I think, on a Monday. And by that Thursday, I was beginning a, a journey of a 40-day juice fast. And uh, and the Lord was saying, like, from the beginning, actually, if I finished this fast, this 40-day juice fast, I weighed 178.6. And it was the Lord's confirmation that this has been something that was on his heart, something that he had desired from me before I could ever even think it up. He had, he had drawn this out for me. What's amazing is that same year in 2021, Emma, and part of her spiritual goals was she was going to do a 21-day Daniel fast once every quarter. So she was going to do four 21-day Daniel fasts that year. And um, who'd have thought like that we would be sitting here, that we would have received this revelation, that this revelation would be so transformative to the body. Um but, but it's all by the anointing of the Holy Spirit. And uh, we sit here today kind of just, I mean, honestly, just humbled to be able to, to share what the Lord has done and how he's transformed us. This is the easiest thing for me to teach on, honestly, because prayer and fasting has completely transformed my life and, and sent me into this, this time of accelerated growth. And it's a place where we, we, we try to remain uh, in, in that state of just uh, nearness to the Lord. And accelerated growth. So, um, I'm gonna, I'll pray. Can I pray real quick, mm-hmm. and then we'll just, um, we'll just get into our stuff here. Lord, we're just grateful that that you love us enough to 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 re- reveal to us a revelation that makes us uncomfortable but draws us closer to you. We uh, we hunger for you, Lord, and every person sitting in here today is sitting here because they are hungry for you, Lord, and and we are willing to make sacrifices and. And get uncomfortable physically for the sake of, of, of drawing near to you and, and, and turning our ear to you, Lord. So 
even as we sit here today, Lord, we pray that your voice would become more clear to us, that you would speak to us clearly and through us clearly, Lord, and that uh, that you uh, that you would encourage and shore up any doubt or any uh, questions that would remain that would withhold us from this gift of fasting that you've provided for us. And so we just we just give your Holy Spirit reign in this time to do as you will and what you want, Lord. We give you complete control. We love you and we uh, we pray that this brings you honor and glory and that every fast that we ever do in our life is only for you and for your glory, Lord. Uh, uh, draw near to us, Lord, as we draw near to you. We love you in Jesus' name. Amen. So um, when Shane spoke, I'm not sure what month it was, but he um, said how I had a vision before we started our 40-day fast that we did together in September. And I just want to say that for me, like, fasting has been kind of like a journey and like a process, like a learning curve, I would say. Um, because like you said, there was a year where I did quarterly Daniel fast and I did a 21-day um, just liquid fast. But this 40-day fast that we did together in September, um, not to say like that, like that was the one, but that was, that was the one. <laughs> um, and we did that one together. So Shane had read the Jesus fast and I knew like he's reading this book and he's getting all fired up and passionate about it. And I was like, it's only, I probably have like 12 hours before Shane's going to like start a fast. So <laughs> he said he's going to start a fast, not surprising. And I... Like, I knew I wanted to just sit down and, like, specifically ask God, like, what what does this mean for me? Not that, like, I have to fast because Shane is, but, like, I wanted, you know, if there's an opportunity to come alongside him in something, like, we can fast together. So I remember exactly where I was standing in the house. I wasn't sitting in my, like, prayer chair, like, going after this, but God just, I didn't even have my eyes shut, and it was like I had this vision of, um... It was like Jesus was standing, it was like there was an open door, but there was no door and it was just like this open picture of like a desert. And Jesus was standing there. He was like all happy and like like excited, like, come on, like, do you want to come in? And it was literally like, all I could see was like sand and sand, like that was it. So then it was like, I knew that that was representing the fast because obviously that was like, it was on my mind. So like in my spare time, washing dishes, whatever I was doing, like that was kind of like, okay, I need to like sit down and ask God about this. And then in the vision, like I could see, it was like, I could see a silhouette of someone like walking away. And I realized that was Shane. And it was because he had already gone, like he was going before me and he had already chosen to do the fast. So in that moment, like knowing that God was like clearly asking me and that he was excited and like wanted me to go, I said yes. And it was like the moment I said yes in my heart, like the barren desert like turned into this beautiful garden that was like Eden. And it was just like, it just screamed life and what screamed like blah before. <laughs> so that was like, that was the moment I knew like there was a grace over me to do this. And like, a 40-day fast felt very, the most I had done at that point was 21-day liquid, and this was going to be a 40-day juice, so this was like double, and like it was just, it was different, but as I said, that fasting has been such a journey, like that 40-day fast was 
like not to say it was easy but like I could just feel like the grace in it because like what I struggled with before like I could just power through and like I felt like the Holy Spirit's power was like powering me through it not my own like self-effort um and then with that fast we were in the fast and Shane came across the scripture that was Isaiah um 51 3 and it said, For the Lord comforts Zion. He comforts all her waste places and makes her wilderness like Eden, her desert like the garden of the Lord. Joy and gladness will be found in her, thanksgiving in the voice of song. So also, just a side note, that last line that says, a voice of song. Um, we'll get into this later, but there's like a devotional piece that we, like every time we go out for a fast, like there's also the devotional piece to it. So for me, like, something that I had set out was like every day I'm going to sing a song and I kind of do that anyways but like I just wanted to make a point to be like like I'm singing this to the Lord every day and not just singing it because it's in my head um so that was cool that like every part of that scripture just went along with um the fast for me so in the natural eye like you could see fasting as like this barren dry empty wasteland but like a time of self-induced suffering but in reality, it's a time of refreshment, refilling, and refocusing. Um, and then I'm getting into the heavy stuff like right off the bat. So if I cry, just try to get through my voice. Um, so when Shane did, there was a 48 fast that he did that I was doing 21 Daniel that turned into finishing off another 19 liquid. So I went 40, but it was like a mix up. And um Shane finished that fast, and I remember the night, like, we were getting ready for bed, and it was, like, the night he was finishing his fast, and he was, like, like, almost on the verge of tears, like, just about, um, the fast ending, and so he just, like, his heart was just in a place that, like, he didn't want to leave, um, so I like to have, like, a visual for things or, like, an analogy that, like, sticks with me that I can remember. Can I, can yeah. I just tag on to that real quick? So I was coming out of this, this this very first 40 days juice fast, and you think at day 40, you're like, I cannot wait to eat tomorrow. And, I mean, sure, I was I was hungry. I was hungry for 40 days straight. But uh, that time had been so intimate, so precious that – First of all, when you fast for whatever reason, you are just emotional. I mean, ask my dad, ask PJ. Go on an extended fast, you will cry multiple times just because I feel like your spirit is so sensitive, so sensitive, so close to the Lord. And those things are emotional. They spark emotions. But I, I remember laying on the floor and just just my the thing that was 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 so emotional to me was not that, oh my goodness, I survived, I made it, I did it. It wasn't like that. It was like, man, this time has been so special to me that it's almost like it took faith for me to go in. It took faith for me. I was whenever the first time I told Emma, I'm going to do a 40 day juice fast. I was scared to tell her because in my mind, I didn't know that I could actually do that. I didn't know anybody that had done that other than a guy that I read a book that did it. You know what I mean? I didn't know if that was possible for me, if I was even able to do it. I was scared to tell her. It took faith for me to say, I'm going to do I'm going to do this. And I and I always I've said this multiple times. I've told people this that have asked about fasting. I always say anybody can. It's not a matter of can. It's a matter of will. It's not a matter of can you fast. Anybody can fast. It's a matter of will you. Will you push through? Will you? Will you? Uh, um, 
will you do it? And uh, I had gone through that time of just deep, intense intimacy with the Lord. And I was afraid to come out of it. I was afraid. I had to actually, I went from having to have faith to go in to having to have faith to come out. Because I had to trust that when I put a, a bite of eggs in my mouth in the morning, that the Holy Spirit wasn't going to be like, all right, we're done. See you later. I'm out. Because if that was the case, I would have stayed. I would have lived the rest of my life in that fast. You know what I'm saying? I actually had to have faith that that coming out of that, that the Spirit wasn't going to, to leave me just because I took a bite. I, I had to believe that he was going to remain close to me. And, um, and that was so emotional for me that because I just looked at that time and it was the it was 40 days of the most accelerated growth and intimate time I had ever had with the Lord in all of my life. And, um, and it was something that it was almost like, um, it was almost like a, a, a table. It was like a feast that he had prepared for me. And all I did was just sit at the table and, and, and ate of what he had for me that whole 40 days. I just, I just ate of what the Lord had for me. And, um, that time was so profound and it marked me so much said coming out of that, I will do probably do a 40 fast, 48 day fast every year for the rest of my life. Fasting will always be a part of my life because of how special and how intimate that, that, that time was. So when we did our fast in September, um, I think our last day was like October 10th. And then I think it was the 11th. We went to Hawking Hills and we hadn't been there before. And that was our, I think that was our first overnight since easy. And he just turned four, so thanks, mom, for making that possible. That was really hard. Um, so, anyways, like that was more significant than I realized in terms of like, like I said, I like to have an analogy or like a visual like example. So when we went to Hawking Hills, like we got to go hiking, and then like I think there's nine trails there, and we hit them all in like a day and a half. So we were like going to every trail and then in the evening like we had a cabin there and it was like relaxing and all that so I feel like that whole thing was like an analogy to finish off the fast of like to me this is like a picture of fasting like you can fast a meal or you can fast for a day and it's like my mind goes to like you can go on a date or you can go on like a whole day date and like obviously that's not insignificant to like go out to dinner with your husband but, like, if you take a long-term trip, like, that's a whole different thing. So when we got back from Hawking Hills, I, it was almost like, like, I was mourning. This is where I'm, I'm going to cry. But, like, when we came back from Hawking Hills, I felt like I had to mourn, like, that time I had with Shane because it was, like, so special. Like, I felt like the whole time we were there, we're, like, just raving about, like, how awesome this time is. And, like, we just finished our fast, so, like, we got to eat together when we were there. And it was, like, we came home, and then it was, like, back to the reality of, like, Shane's gone at work all day. Like, it's just me and Easy, and, like, I just missed him, and I missed, like, the adventure of, like, just hanging out. So I feel like that just compares with a fast because it's like it takes you to this place where you like crave intimacy and like nearness and unity on a whole different level. And like that's the new standard. So it's like with every fast, you're like just digging deeper and digging deeper and falling like harder for like the love of Jesus. 
So as we like are talking about fasting, like we don't say this to be like we're holier than thou because we've, you know, mm-hmm. like we've done this so many times and we're like rock stars at fasting or something. But we do it because like we know that those who seek him find him. And it's hard to hear like a still small voice if we're like filled with distraction and like we're not tuned in. So like the example of going to Hawking Hills and being like unplugged because we didn't have good service and like just going on an adventure together and like having time to like slow down and like hear each other and see each other. Like that's what that's a picture of it for me. Yeah, we if you spend any time in this body or in this church, you've heard whether it's myself or, or PJ or others, talk about uh, talk about fasting, talk about times of extended fasting. You will never, uh, you'll probably never escape a relationship with us without us encouraging you in, into that. And um, I, I heard this this message this one time, this or maybe it was in a book or something I read, but there was this 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 message that they said, uh, you know, if if you had heard a message from the angels that circled the throne of God day after day, you would require every message to be to that standard or you would require silence. That that, that the presence of the Lord, that sweet presence, you would d- demand that that be the standard for what you what you hear. And I feel like sometimes we yell and are like like this is a this is something you need to, to go. It feels like some place that we've gone that we come back, that we're like, like, I've never experienced anything like this. And it's, it's, we're not saying like, you need to go do this to clean up your life. We're saying like, you need to come. Like, I want to invite you to come to experience the presence of the Lord. Like I've experienced and um, in the intimacy that, that I've experienced. So we, uh, we have this broken up kind of into two sections. We, we have this broken up into why we fast and how we fast. And um, I think that's important because if you don't know why, you're uh, you're going to struggle to make it through. And um, and there's a lot of people that know why, but just say we don't even know where to start. I don't know how. I don't know how to do it. So we want to touch on both the, the the spiritual side of that and also the the practical side of this. So we're starting off with just why we fast. Um, we we I've done Daniel fast before before I had ever done this juice fast before 2021 when the Lord threw me into this, 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 this whirlwind, this crazy revelation of, of fasting. And, 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 uh, I had done fast before and they had always been extremely hard. The first time we ever did a Daniel fast was, uh, we were actually, we were dating at the time and we were splitting time between this church and, and I had been going to new life church and so we had been kind of bouncing back and forth and new life had started this Daniel fast. We had no idea. We just heard what it was. And we're like, okay, we'll do that. In my head, I'm thinking like, this is easy fruits and vegetables and nuts for, for 21 days. No big deal. And so some of our family jumped on board too. They're like, yeah, we'll, we'll do it with you. And, um, by day three, it was only me and Emma. <laughs> Everybody was tapping out, but, uh, uh, and we, the only thing that pulled us through is number one, the grace of the Lord, but number two is just sheer willpower, just like, just absolutely refusal to fail. But, uh, the reason I think it was so hard is just because we didn't know why we didn't know what we were doing or why we were doing it. We were just doing it because somebody invited us to, and we're like, like, all right. And, um, sometimes the Lord provides the grace for that and he reveals it within. It's what he did when I did my first 40 day fast. But, um, when we know why, it all it gives us empowerment to do it 
and to, and, and to stick it out when things get, things get hard. Um, sometimes fasting gets this, this, uh, this stigma of being like religious activity. I've heard people say, um, before that, that that's like, that call that like religious activity. I've heard people that I, that I listen to a lot and look up to a lot, um, that, that will kind of talk negatively or call it some type of religious activity in the scriptures. There's this part in the scripture. I don't have this scripture written down, but where Jesus is talking to the Pharisees and the Pharisees are like, why we fast? Why don't your disciples fast? And Jesus says, right now, the groom is with them, but when, when, when the groom leaves, then they will fast. He doesn't say they might fast, or he doesn't say they're allowed to fast, or they could fast. He says they will fast. And if there was one thing we know for certain about Jesus, is Jesus never promoted religious activity. He never promoted religious activity. He only promoted things that were spiritually significant and spiritually edifying to the body. So Jesus says they will fast. That means the disciples stepped into that. They did fast. And that same calling is on us. The Lord he didn't, uh, that wasn't something that was only for the disciples. That was something for every believer because it's a gift to believers for, believers for building yourself up spiritually and edifying yourself. So Jesus um, promoted this and not only did he promote it, but he actually fasted himself. If Jesus himself fasted, then, um, then we have, uh, the call on our life to follow in his footsteps. And I believe there's something significant that comes from that. So I, I, when I started my first 40 day fast, I was really going into this. I, I started reading the Jesus fast, like I said, and it started to bring some revelation. And, um, one of the things that was most significant to me was in Luke chapter nine. And in Luke chapter nine, just let me just read a couple verses here, starting in verse one and two. It says, summoning the 12, he gave them power and authority over all the demons and to heal diseases. Then he sent them to proclaim the kingdom of God to heal the sick. So Jesus is empowering his disciples and he gives them power and authority over all demons. And, and then the scripture says, if you read further down in Luke chapter nine, if I go down to Luke chapter nine, verses 37 through 42, Jesus has gone up to the mountain where he's transfigured and he's come back down. And then it says this, the next day when they came down from the mountain, the large crowd met him. Just then a man from the crowd cried out, teacher, I beg you to look at my son because he's my only child. A spirit seizes him. Suddenly he shrieks and it throws him into convulsions until he foams at the mouth, severely bruising him. It scarcely ever leaves him. I begged your disciples to drive him out, but they couldn't. Jesus replied, you unbelieving and perverse generation, how long will I be with you and put up with you? Bring your son here. As the boy was still approaching, the demon knocked him down and threw him into severe convulsions. But Jesus rebuked the unclean spirit, healed the boy, and gave him back to his father. So this is all happening within one chapter of the Bible. This is all within Luke chapter 9. So it, the Gospel of Mark and the Gospel of Matthew share this account. They, in Mark chapter 9 and, and Matthew chapter 17, I believe, they share this account. They, they, they give the same exact account, but they go into a, um, an additional part that happens afterwards where the disciples ask Jesus, why couldn't we cast out? The demon. We got to remember that in, in, in Luke chapter 9, verses 1 and 2, when Jesus is sending his disciples out, he gives them authority over all demons. That means that he had, he had provided the authority for them to cast out the demon that they couldn't cast out. So the question is, why couldn't they cast out that demon? What prevented, what within themselves prevented them from being able to cast out that demon? And 
in, in Mark chapter 9, in these two Gospels, Jesus gives somewhat of a different answer. In the Gospel of Mark, Mark chapter 9, Jesus says, after um, they asked, why couldn't we cast them out? And Jesus says, this kind cannot come out except by prayer and fasting. And then if we read the same account in the, in the Gospel of Matthew, the disciples ask the same exact question, why could we not cast out this demon. And in that gospel, Jesus answers them this, because of your little faith, he told them, for truly I tell you, if you have the faith the size of a mustard seed, you will tell the mountain, move from here to there and it will move. Nothing will be impossible for you. So the question that we have to ask is, do these two verses contradict each other? And I don't believe they do because I don't think God, the, the Lord ever contradicts himself. I, I believe what happens is I think that we have two different accounts that are a combination of what Jesus says. And we see two different sides of this. And when we bring this together, here's what I believe. I believe that what Jesus is saying is not that prayer and fasting is what gives us the ability or is that prayer and fasting is what casts out demons. I don't believe the scripture is saying prayer and fasting cast out demons. I think the Lord is saying prayer and fasting provides you the authoritative faith to cast out demons. So the Lord is saying, is it when in one account where he says uh, this kind kind cannot come out except by prayer and fasting, and the other account where he says this count cannot come out because of your little faith? I believe he's saying it's your little faith is um, is cured by you going into a time of prayer and fasting and intimacy where the Lord, where your faith is established and and, and brought up. Um, I I believe that there are um, there are a lot of demonic strongholds that remain in our culture and our life, we look around and we know that the Lord has provided us authority over demons. We know that. And, and yet there's demonic strongholds that are allowed to remain in the culture and the question is why. And I believe that some of the demonic, sometimes the demonic strongholds that are allowed to remain um, is not because the authority has not been released from heaven to us, but because we haven't had the faith to uh, operate in that authority. Not this demonic strongholds remain because not because we that like Jesus hasn't released that authority to us. He has, but we haven't had the faith to operate in it, and we need prayer and fasting is what 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 um what engages us in the the this authoritative faith, a faith to operate in the authority that the Lord has already provided to us, and I think that um. Faith is what bridges the gap between heaven and earth. It's where we become exactly who we are in heaven, which is a son and a daughter of the Lord. The Lord has given us permission to operate in our, in our true self, which is a son and daughter of God here on earth. And faith is what allows us to operate as that, to sit in that seat and operate as that. Um, Jesus gives this this account in Luke chapter 15 and it's the story of the prodigal son. And we've all heard the story of the prodigal son. And there's two main characters in the story of the prodigal son. For anybody that isn't up to speed on the story of the prodigal son, um, Jesus gives this parable. It's just a story that Jesus has made up to, to, to give insight into a spiritual reality. And in this story, this, this son goes to his father and says, you're worth nothing to me, essentially. I, want, I just want my inheritance now. I don't want to wait till you die. Just give me my money. I'm out of here. And the father gives him his money, and he leaves. And he goes, and he, and he spends his, his money on partying and wild living, blows it all, runs out of money, 
and eventually finds himself feeding pigs. At some point, he, he comes to his senses and he realizes, my father has servants that are living better lives than me. I'll just go back. I'll just become a servant to my father. So he prepares this speech. He goes back. His father sees him, runs to him in a distance, kisses him on the face, wraps him up in his arms, puts a ring on his finger, puts a robe on him, and throws a party for him. Now, there's a third character in the story that Jesus added. You remember, this is not just some story that Jesus is reciting. This is a story that Jesus made up, and there's significance to every point of it. There's another brother that's out in the field that comes back in. He sees the younger brother having a party, and he says, what's going on here? And he says, it's great news. The father says, great news. Your brother who's lost, he's come home, he's found. And the older brother's upset because he says, you've never done any of this stuff for me. I've never had, the, I've never had a robe put on my on my back and a ring put on my finger. You've never slaughtered a cow for me. And this is what the father, he says. He says, everything I have is yours. I feel like this is a message from the Lord, from the father directly to the church. He's saying those things that you, that you see and you saying, saying, well, I've never, I've never had, I've never had that. And the Lord says, everything I have is yours. And sometimes what we need is we just need the faith to operate in everything that the Father has is mine. Right? It's faith that allows us to operate like that. It's faith that engages us in that. And, and, and fasting is what takes us into that place where we become who we're supposed to be. And we believe that everything that the Father has is mine. And in if we know that, that what the Lord desires for us to walk and step with the Spirit and to step uh, or, or to, to live full of faith and confident in our place as sons and daughters and full belief that everything that the Father has is ours, if he wants to release heaven through us, then, then there are aspects of prayer and fasting that, that are effective, very, very effective in doing that. So I've given you kind of like this a big picture of why we fast is because it releases faith in us. And it weeds out unbelief, sometimes that we don't even know we're there. The first time I've ever gone into a fast, I didn't go into that thinking, I just have to go into this because I need to weed out some unbelief. But the Lord does the work within the fast. And he starts to weed out unbelief that I didn't even know was there that allows me to operate in a greater faith, an authoritative type of faith, an anointed faith. And... Um, and that's what fasting does to us. It it cleanses us. I, I, I've said this before, but the first time I did, I felt like the Lord had, had pulled me open, let his light shine in every aspect of my life, and was just scrubbing away the areas of my life that were not of his love. Anything that was not of his love was coming out. Everything was being scrubbed out and cleaned out. So we've seen that big picture of what fasting does, but I think there are are just, just more so a, a closer picture of, of how that's done. So we're going to take just a little look at a closer picture of, of how fasting is effective in that. So if you're taking notes, we're going to have like five categories here. And the first one um, I'm going to talk about is neglecting the flesh nature allows our spirit man to be more aware and more sensitive. Um, sometimes when we're fasting, like I've noticed that even just our sense of smell is like stronger. Like you can only, you know, how many smoothies can you have? And then like all of a sudden, like you smell a candle or like whatever. And you're like, oh my gosh, like this is amazing. I've never smelled anything so beautiful, <laughs> but it's like, or it could go the other way too. But um, 
So that's like one of those things I always like when I can find something that's like first in the natural and then in the spirit. So I feel like when your natural senses are like being heightened, that's just like an example of like what's happening in your spirit. And like what Shane talked about, how you can basically expect to cry when you're fasting. It's like, it's almost like your heart is like so softened to his that like things that you may overlook, you're like so like tuned in to see through his eyes that it's like... Mm -hmm everything just hits you harder and different. Um, and then Galatians five sixteen through 17 um, goes along with this, and it says, For the flesh desires what is against the spirit, and the spirit desires what is against the flesh. These are opposed to each other, so that you don't do what you want. But if you are led by the spirit, you are not under the law. And then you have so so um, what this scripture is essentially saying is it's saying that we essentially have these two natures within us. We have this flesh nature, and we have this, this spirit nature, and they are vying for power over our soul, over our mind, over our thoughts, over our will, over our emotions. We have a flesh nature and a, and a spirit nature that are vying for power. Now, most people spend their entire life with a primary nature. There, there can only be one primary nature, right? If you have two natures within you, and they're both vying for power and authority in your soul, there can only be one primary, and the other one is going to submit, the other nature will submit to the authority of the primary nature. And, and, and we spend most of our lives with this natural nature, this flesh nature being our primary nature. And fasting is actually a applicable way for us to suppress that nature. We're actually suppressing our physical cravings. We're overcoming and conquering our physical cravings. And the reason it's always prayer and fasting and not just fasting is because we're also emboldening our spirit nature. In other words, we come into this place where we're literally forcing the, our, our, our flesh nature to submit to our spirit nature. This, this verse in Galatians 5.17, it says that these natures oppose each other. That means the things that they hunger for and the things that they desire are opposite. They're going in different directions. The things that the spirit hunger for, hungers for is not always and most of the time not going to be beneficial to your flesh nature. And the things that are beneficial to your flesh nature are not always going to be beneficial to your spirit's nature. And what happens when we have a flesh nature that is our primary nature is that everything that happens in our life has to be filtered through the question, is this beneficial to my flesh? If it's not beneficial to my flesh nature, it will never make it to our spirit. It will never be given authority to, to become a reality in our life. It will never be given an authority. It will never be given authority to move in it because we won't be able to overcome that question. Is it beneficial to my flesh? What happens when we come into place of fasting, we suppress, physically suppress our flesh nature. We overcome cravings. We empower and embolden our spirit nature. And what happens inside of us is all of a sudden, you'll notice it almost flip. You'll, you, you go into this extended time of fasting and you'll notice where almost a, a switch flips and you start to recognize that you are your spiritual ear is more in tune. You're more sensitive to what the Lord is saying and you're more ap applicable to, you're more um, opt to be obedient to things that are not necessarily beneficial to your flesh. Things that are beneficial to our flesh are, 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 are things that protect us. So we um, um, the Lord might lay something on our heart and say, I want you to go share the gospel with this person. I want you to pray for this person. And what our flesh nature says is I have to do everything in my power to protect myself, protect myself from hurt, protect myself from rejection, 
protect myself from being punched in the face, whatever it is. But I do everything in my power to protect myself. And in the spirit nature says, I don't I, I want you just to obey. That's this conflict that happens within ourselves. This conflict that happens within ourselves is is these two natures having having this battle that they're vying for power in our lives. And so when our flesh when our spirit nature becomes our primary nature, then all of a sudden the Lord says, I want you to go pray for that person. And we start to not care if we're rejected. We start to not care if that person responds negatively to that. We start to just not care. We're not consumed by the thought of how that person's going to respond or how that situation, the results of that situation are going to end up. We're only consumed with what is good for the spirit and what is good for the spirit is obedience. And what fuels the spirit is obedience. So that's, that's literally just a picture of how that happens and what that looks like when our natures start to, to change from, from, from within us. Um, so number two, if you're noting, fasting often brings breakthrough in prayer, personal healing, cleansing, and removing of idols. Um, so, I mean, we've talked about all kinds of testimonies, even just within the church from like people fasting and like how ministries have been birthed through fasting. And we've seen um, prodigals come home. We've seen breakthrough in um, even like marriages. Uh, the example that keeps coming to mind, so I'm going to share it, is um, there was a time when I was fasting every single fast. Like you can go in there with your list of like what you think you're you're pursuing, but there's always like, whatever God has intended. Um, so the one day I was in a fast and basically I was in a place where I felt like, you know, like when people first start a relationship with Jesus, like we say, they give their heart to Jesus. And I had this moment with God where I felt like I was giving my heart to Jesus, but it wasn't like, like, obviously I wasn't like getting saved in that moment, but it was like, I, he brought to light that I had some things in the way of giving my full heart to him. So it was like I was removing these idols or like things that I was holding um, in front of him. And like, I'm just going to cry every time I talk. But um, through this fast, he was showing me that like there was some stuff that I needed to give him. Like they were good things. But which this kind of goes along with what Randy has shared at a belonging before, but like it was like he wasn't first. So that's the point of they had to be moved aside so that I could like fully give him my heart. So, and I don't think I would have got there without being in a fast because it just makes you more sensitive and like you notice things mm -hmm. that you don't typically notice. And like you're more, I would say that you're more willing because you just feel close and you feel safe and like you trust him more. You know, we just, just within our body, we could share so many stories, so many testimonies of what has come out of just in the past year, just in the past year, really one year. How many testimonies do we have of, of things that have come up? What's amazing is like, we go into this thinking, Lord, I need healing or I want to be healed. And what the Lord does is he doesn't just heal us. He actually gives us a ministry for healing. You know what I'm saying? He, we want restoration. We want to see breakthrough in a certain area. And the Lord's like, I'm not just going to bring you breakthrough. I'm going to release a ministry of breakthrough. 
and you're going to you're going to repeat you're going to have repeated breakthrough you're not just going to break through for yourself you're going to break through for others the one um thing that's that this is just really still amazing to me is i remember we did our when we did the very first 40 day fast and the very first i ever time i shared on fasting i shared this message called blessed is the hungry and um i remember going into that message and i remember the lord saying this is the most important message that you've ever shared at abundant life and i thought I can't say that because that's a little bit arrogant or something like that. You know what I mean? And it's like, this is just the Holy Spirit's anointing. The Lord knew what he was about to take us into and he knew it was going to be powerful. And he was just sure. I think the only thing person I told that to was Emma and, and Pastor Jeff. I just felt like the Lord was saying, this is the most important message that you're going to share because it's going to, it's going to shore up some faith that is going to change things. And um, I remember sharing that message. I'm in the middle at the very end of that message. And we had, with the teenagers, had been doing weekly uh, fasts. And we were just fasting for specific people. There were certain people that we just were hungry for them to come come home, basically. And um, I remember in that, uh, or in that message I was preaching at the end, I, was, I looked at Becky May and, and I said, and we had just done this with the teenagers. We had just fasted and her three kids were on the top of our list because they had been out of church for a while. We hadn't seen them in a while. And some of them were in in deep messes. And uh, I told her, we're, we, had just, we just finished fasting for your kids, so expect change. Expect something to happen. Expect breakthrough. And what's amazing is that was in um, December of 2021. In the, in the first week of January... 2021 we uh tony and becky were about to start a fast they were literally sitting at the table preparing for their fast and uh and their son called them and he had been away and they had been praying he was the number one on the prayer list that he'd come home and their son called them and said i'm coming home on day one before it even started before it even started the lord was releasing this and and um most of you have heard the story, so I don't, I don't feel, and he's, and he's freely told it, but uh, he comes into the church that Sunday, and we're, there's kind of stuff going on in the church, and it was a weird Sunday because, um, like, everybody had COVID, <laughs> so we had no worship team at all, and I love stuff like that because I like to be on the fly. Let's just figure it out as we go. I like a little mystery in it, so uh, I'm, like, in the in the sanctuary, and I hear this commotion going on. I look out, and I immediately, I knew what happened. There was some um there were some demons being slain in the lobby so we go out every closed door i've never had i had such confidence it was not there was no fear i'd never seen anything like that in my life but there was no fear involved in it it was just pure confidence i knew the lord was just handling his business and he was just doing what he was 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 gonna do and um i was even just reflecting on this this past week because as i looked up to that row because we're a year later now and all three of those kids are sitting in the row. All three of them are, are, are engaged in church. All three of them experience growth. All three of them are consistently showing up here. And I just think how amazing is it that we, at that time, go into this time of prayer and fasting, interceding for somebody, and the Lord brings breakthrough, breakthrough that sticks. And um, um, I think of uh, the Conquer series men's class and, and, and the stories that have happened from within that are amazing. Like I said, it's 
it's a ministry of breaking down strongholds. I think of it of, of in, the engaged ministry that came out of a time of prayer and fasting that provides for families, for parents and kids. I came to the Christmas program here and I looked around and I thought, I don't know half of these people and these people are being spiritually fed here and, and fed here um, in their minds, educated here every week and how many families are being affected by this church and all of this stuff just coming out of these times. Of fasting, I'm just, I'm just. Every time I, every time I reflect on it, I'm constantly just amazed at what the Lord has done in in those times of fasting. Um, our third point is fasting makes us more dependent on God. Um, in Matthew four one through four, it says, "Then Jesus was led up by the Spirit into the wilderness to be tempted by the devil. After he had fasted forty days and forty nights, he was hungry." Then the temper approached him and said, If you are the Son of God, tell these stones to become bread. He answered, It is written, Man must not live on bread alone, but of every word that comes from the mouth of God. So when we were, this last 40-day fast, I think I read through at least three books, which is a lot for me because I'm not a big reader. But um, with the scripture, like, obviously there's parts, when we become more dependent on God, there's like parts of the fast that, there's kind of like phases throughout it. Like the first week you're like, okay, like I can do this. And you're like getting used to maybe coming off of like caffeine or sugar or whatever it is. So you're kind of like just settling into like the routine of it. And then like you hit spots, you hit different spots with it. And I feel like for me, especially like reading books specifically on fasting and like daily being reminded of like the power of fasting and like, the testimonies that have come from it, like that helped power me through. Um, obviously every fast is going to look different, but I think like having a solid like devotional plan and like being in the word and being, even having other devotional goals is really helpful. And um, in Luke chapter four, when Jesus is, he, he's, he's, he has this moment where he's baptized by John the Baptist and, and um, the father speaks and says, this is my beloved son with who I'm well pleased, and the spirit hovers over him like a dove. One thing that's just interesting, this is just kind of like a little side note, which is pretty cool, I thought of this morning, is that every time Jesus, every time the Father speaks regarding Jesus, he always says, this is my beloved son. I just think that's really cool. And um, so he speaks to, uh, he speaks and says, this is my beloved son with whom I'm well pleased, the spirit hovers over Jesus. And then the scripture says that Jesus, full of the spirit, is led into the wilderness, uh, to be tempted by the devil. So he goes into the wilderness to be tempted, but he also goes into the wilderness for a specific purpose, to spend time, 40 days, in a time of, of fasting with the Lord. So Jesus goes into this time full of the Spirit, but when he's coming out of this out of this time, um, in Luke chapter 4, verse 14, it says, Then Jesus returned to Galilee in the power of the Spirit, and the news about him spread throughout the entire vicinity. So, so Jesus goes in full of the Spirit. He leaves in the power of the Spirit. I think that um, this is just such an example in us is that we can be full of the Spirit and yet not walk in the power of the Spirit, right? And I think that's part of that authoritative faith that's inside of us that gives us the ability to operate in what we are full of. You know what I'm saying? We're full of the Holy Spirit, and the Lord wants you to have the faith to operate in it. And, and Jesus even goes into this deep, intimate time where he spends 40 days with Father. 
What's amazing is Jesus only lived on this earth for 33 years, and only three years were marked as his ministry, and yet 40 days he thought was worth spending only with the Father. I think that's pretty amazing to think about. Like, of all of the things that he had to accomplish, all of the the, the people that he had to share the good news with, the gospel with, all the healings that he had to do, he the first thing he did was spend 40 days alone with the Father. I think that's just such a powerful image. And I think when we go into those extended times and that authoritative relief, uh, power, authoritative faith is released in us, then we come out in, in the power of the Holy Spirit. We come out with a faith to operate in the power of, of the Holy Spirit that is within us. Um, number four is that fasting is a weapon against pride. And Romans 5, 3 through 5 says, And not only that, but we also boast in our afflictions, because we know that affliction produces endurance. Endurance produces proven character, and proven character produces hope. This hope will not disappoint us, because God's love has been poured out in our hearts through the Holy Spirit who has given it to us. Well, I think with, re- with regards to this, I'm like, there's some things there's some things within your spiritual journey that you can muscle through. You feel like you can muscle through. Fasting is something that you absolutely cannot muscle through. Well, I'll say this. You might be able to muscle through a one-day fast, but you are not going to muscle through a 40-day fast. You are not. You're, you're not going to muscle, muscle through it. You're going to have to learn to fall into the arms of Jesus, fall into the to, to, to nearness with the Lord, fall at his feet, and let the current of the Spirit take you where it will. That's literally what it requires. It requires you to cast off any pride that you're going to just power through this and to actually just let the Spirit take you. Uh, it is it is an absolute, uh, an absolute weapon against pride. I think that goes back to, um, like with the Hawking Hills when we were saying like it created like a new standard. I think that happens with every fast. And like how I've said, it's been a journey for me. Like, there's always, there's always more, which is just what it comes down to. And it's like, you know, it's always, it's like a different adventure every time because he has different plans in mind and it's always deeper. Um, and then number five, fasting brings focus, order, and clarity. I'm going to let you read that. Okay. All right. So there's this, ver- there's this, there's this verse in First um, Kings chapter 19. And what's happening to give you a little context to this is Elijah goes and he uh, prays for the rain to stop over over Israel, and the, and the rain stops. There's a three-year drought where he's sitting by this brook, being fed by the ravens and drinking from the brook. When the brook dries up, the, the uh, he goes to the Lord, and he says, all right, got to end this. And so he sends him back to um, Ahab. And Ahab is the king of Israel at the time, and Jezebel is his wife, and Israel is um, drinking the poison of Jezebel. Jezebel is was a princess of a king of a foreign land, and was uh, her dad was actually the priest to a pagan god. And when she came in, she brought all the pagan worship, and she started slaughtering all the prophets of Israel. She was literally trying to suppress the voice of God by slaughtering the prophets. And so she is successful in doing this in these years. Um, the Lord starts this famine and, and Elijah's by this brook and Elijah's like, all right, now it's time for things to change. And the Lord sends him back and he goes back and he challenges um, the prophets of Baal in this contest 
essentially that uh, we're going to pray to the Lord and the and the real God will rain down fire on their altar. So they the prophets of Baal start dancing around this altar and cutting themselves with knives and praying to their their little G God that he would rain down fire. And of course, nothing happens. And then Elijah speaks the word and God rains down fire and burns up this altar. So scripture says what happens is Elijah has all 400 prophets of Baal murdered right there. They're all slaughtered right on the scene. And then Jezebel says, I want Elijah dead. Elijah has just seen this massive move of God. Jezebel says, I want Elijah dead. And Elijah runs off. He hides under a tree and he asks to die. <laughs> He's so scared. He's literally just seen these, this amazing work of the Lord. And all of a sudden, this spiritual attack comes against him. And he's crippled by fear, hides under a tree, and asks the Lord to die. And this angel meets him there and um, essentially gives him food to eat and sends him on a journey. And this is where we pick up in 1 Kings chapter 19, verses 8 through 18. This is what it says. So he got up, ate, drank, and then on the strength from that food, he walked 40 days and 40 nights to Horeb, the mountain of God. He entered a cave there and spent the night. Suddenly the word of the Lord came to him. And, and said to him, What are you doing here, Elijah? He replied, I have been very zealous for the Lord, God of armies, but the Israelites have abandoned your covenant, torn down your altars, and killed your prophets with the sword. I alone am left, and they are looking for me to take my life. Then he said, Go out and stand on the mountain in the Lord's presence. At that moment, the Lord passed by. A great and mighty wind was tearing at the mountain and was shattering the cliffs before the Lord. But the Lord was not in the wind. After the wind, was there, there was an earthquake, but the Lord was not in the earthquake. After the earthquake, there was a fire, but the Lord was not in the fire. And after the fire, there was a voice, a soft whisper. When Elijah heard it, he wrapped his face in his mantle and went out and stood at the entrance of the cave. Suddenly a voice came to him and said, What are you doing here, Elijah? I've been very zealous for the Lord, God of armies, he replied. But the Israelites have abandoned your covenant, torn down your altars, and killed your prophets with the sword. I alone am left, and they're looking to take my life. Then the Lord said to him, Go and return by the way you came to the wilderness of Damascus. When you arrive, you're going to anoint Hazael as king over Aram. You are anoint Jehu, son of Nimshi, as king over Israel, and Elisha, son of Shephet, from Abel Maholam as prophet in your place. Then Jehu will put to death whoever escapes the sword of Hazael, and Elisha will put to death whoever escapes the sword of Jehu. But I will leave 7,000 in Israel, every knee that has not bowed to Baal, and every mouth that has not kissed him. So Elijah uh, goes on this journey, and he meets the Lord on the top of this mountain after fasting for 40 days. And the script, and the scripture says that that all of these 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 loud things start happening essentially the the earth shakes um there's this fire that passes through the the, the mountains start to crumble and says the lord was not in those things the lord was just in a soft whisper and the lord speaks to him and when when he originally gives his uh his situation to the lord he has two main problems that he says so number one is israel's being destroyed from within and I don't know what to do. And the second one is I am alone. And the Lord has an answer for both of those things. He says, go and anoint Jehu. And he's going to slaughter 
Jezebel. He's going to kill Jezebel and he's going to kill every descendant of Ahab and the land will be purged of Ahab and his descendants. The cancer, that is, the poison that is within is going to be purged out by Jehu. And second, I want you to go and anoint Elisha. And he's not only going to walk with you for the rest of your life, but he's going to carry the mantle after you. So he, the Lord gives this divine direction and divine clarity to say, this is how you solve the two issues that you have in your spirit. Israel is being destroyed and you don't know what to do and you're alone. I'm going to provide an answer for both of those. And I believe that what was required, the reason that Elijah was required Required to walk 40 days in the wilderness fasting was because he had to have ears to hear the, the, the gentle whisper that was going to give him the direction that he needed. And I believe that the Lord does the same thing with us is sometimes he takes us into this time so that he could turn our ear and tune our ear to hear him because there's going to be loud things happening all around us. And there's just a small whisper that's going to give us divine direction. That's going to be the answer to our prayers. And we need to have an ear that's tuned to hear his voice when he whispers. I think that's important for me because I can get caught up. Like I have a journal of just about anything that God shows me, but I feel like it's something that I can go back to like during a fast. Like if my journal during those, during that time, like for me, weeds out doubt because there can be times where I'm, you know, it could be months down the road and I'm like doubting something that God has straight up told me. And it's like, if I go back to my notes from when I was fasting, like for whatever reason, I feel like there's like a different level of trust. And it's just like, if God tells me something when I'm fasting, it's like, there's no doubt attached to it. Mm -hmm. Whereas like any other time I might want like, you know, 10 different ways to, for it to be confirmed. Whereas when I'm fasting, like I feel like I'm close enough to hear the whisper and like trust the whisper. Mm -hmm. There's, there's, uh, there's accounts in the old Testament that also reference our reference to fasting. But there's the one thing we've read this book called the Nazarite DNA by Lou Angle and Lou Angle has a, an, an apostolic anointing to, to, sh to share the message of fasting and to encourage, bring the church into a state of fasting. And, um, he uh, he he shared this this we, he read we read this book and it just kind of awake uh, awoken my soul. I think there's areas in the Old Testament where we see fasting, but the Nazarite DNA, um, the Nazarite was essentially somebody who had given themselves during a period to consecration to the Lord. In in the Scripture, the Levites were given an inheritance, and their inheritance was just the Lord. That was their inheritance, no land, nothing. They were their inheritance was the Lord. But then the Lord says, if there's anybody that wants to consecrate themselves to come and sit at my seat, sit at my feet for a season, they can have it. It'll be a gift to them. And um, here's what I require from them. And he gives uh, these these specific requirements. There's three people in Scripture that are um, were Nazarites from birth. Those people were Samuel, Samson, and John the Baptist. And I've shared this before, but I believe that every each one of those people are significant in they exemplify things that the Lord releases to us in these times of extreme consecration, these times of fasting, we give ourselves to a time of consecration and sitting at the Lord's feet. I think Samuel is representative of spiritual uh, or supernatural wisdom. Um, Samuel was considered a seer and a seer is a perceiver of hidden truth, not somebody that just necessarily sees things in the spirit physically, 
but a perceiver of hidden truth. That's what Samuel was. And I believe that the Lord, that was an anointing that was given to him because of, of his life as a Nazarite, his life in this Nazarite vow. And I believe the Lord provides to us supernatural wisdom in these times to know what to do. I think Samson obviously represents supernatural strength. And um, and sometimes we may know what to do, but we don't have the strength to, to, to begin or the strength to, to, to finish. And, and the Lord provides not only the wisdom to know what to do, but the strength to do it. And I think John rap- represents supernatural passion. There's times in our life where we know what to do and we have the strength to do it. We don't have the passion to do it. And I believe the three of those things are things that the Lord provides to us in seasons of consecration where we know what to do. He gives us the strength to do it. And he provides us, there's ignited within us the passion to see it through from start to finish. And I believe that all those things come to us in this season of fasting where we give ourselves in consecration to the Lord. And he literally provides the things we need to know what to do, to do it, and to see it through. Do you have anything to... To, to finish. All right. So that that's kind of like our, our our why we fast. I hope that you guys can glean some encouragement from that because um, that's the reason we do what we do. That's the reason this is impo- important. That's the reason I believe that when the Lord says this is the most important message that that you've shared yet at Abundant Life, I believe there's a reason for that, and I believe the reason is because He wants to take us places. He wants to take you places that require you to have faith to receive the things that he is wants to present to you. I believe the Lord has like this, this bag of gifts to release to, to you and to the church, and it requires us to have the faith to say, I have the faith to receive that, and not only just to receive it, but to operate in it. So um, we want to get into a little bit of the practical side because there is a practical side to fasting. We, we have a lot of people that come to us that um, – over the past year have said, listen, I want to fast. I just don't know. I just don't even know uh, uh, where to start. I don't know how to fast. I don't know what that looks like. Um, you know, a lot of times we hear fasting, we just automatically assume that that means um, that you're just eating, you're just drinking water. And that is a type of fast. But uh, we really, we really lean on the Lord for what that looks like. There's not a specific way to fast. There's not like the Lord isn't saying like, if you consume less calories, you're going to be more holy. That's not, that's not how this works. It's all about suppressing our flesh and emboldening our spirit. And you could do that in a lot of different ways. It doesn't necessarily mean uh, only drinking water. As a matter of fact, if you're going 40 days and, 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 and it's going to be, it would be hard to do that. I know people that have done it, but, uh, but that's 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 hard to do, especially if you have children or you have to work or you have a life at all. Really, it's hard. It's hard to do. But there's ways that we provide our body the nutrients it needs, the energy it needs, without quenching the cravings that our our flesh nature has. And so, uh, uh, that time it's it's physically hard, but it's spiritually it's spiritually rich. <laughs> and um, if we aren't willing to challenge our flesh nature. If, if, if we aren't willing to make ourselves a little bit uncomfortable, then uh, then we'll never overcome the flesh. We'll never, we'll never be able to overcome it. So we have to challenge the flesh in order to overcome the flesh. Um, the first thing I think that is we got, you got to kind of tackle is, is, is how long. Uh, we've done single-day fasts. We've done 
single meal fast. We've done seven day fast, 10 day fast, 21 day fast, 40 day fast. I think there's significance to extended fasting because the flesh isn't conquered in a day. I'll just say that the flesh is not conquered in a day. And I believe that we fast for a day to, uh, to maintain a spirit of obedience and a spirit of being bowed down, a spirit of conquering flesh. But I think in order to bring ourselves to that state, it takes an extended amount of time. And for us, sometimes that is 40 days. There's um, biblical significance to the number 40. Noah was on the ark for 40 days. Mo, or, Mo, no, Moses was on Mount Sinai for 40 days. The Israelites were in the wilderness for 40 years. Elijah fasted for 40 days. Jesus fasted for 40 days. And how about this? Emma brought this up to me when I was I was showing her this part. Um, uh, the Lord, when he, what he built into creation is it literally takes 40 weeks for a baby to be developed. How amazing is that? So there's significance to this number 40. And in the scripture, every time um, there was one of these 40s, there was something significant that was birthed out of that, right? You could look at every one of those accounts and see the significance of what was birthed out of that 40. So that's the reason a lot of times we try to come back to that that 40 because number one, it's biblically, it's biblically significant. It's a biblically significant number. And that in the scripture, every time there was a 40, there was something that was, there was a transition period where things were being transitioned into something new. So uh, I would encourage you to, to, to ask the Lord on that. I think that one thing that's significant with an extended period of fasting that you can't get out of um, a shorter term fast is, um, is, like I said, you can't muscle through it. I remember being on day 25 or so of my first 40 day fast and the Lord spoke really clearly to me because I started to count down the days and say, man, 14 more days or 15 more days. I'm almost done. I uh, can't wait to eat something. You know, you have these moments of hunger and, um, and, and the Lord spoke really clearly, me, clearly to me in this little bit of a moment of weakness. And he said, I want you to just settle in. In other words, I don't want you to be in a hurry and a rush to get out of this. I want to accomplish all that I want to accomplish in this. And I want you just to settle in. And, and, and there's something about an extended period of time of fasting that forces you just to settle in. Do you have anything to tag on to that? I just think that fasting in general, like, I feel like that's a blanket statement for fasting. Like, what it does for you is, like, it pushes you into a better understanding of rest. And, like, it kind of creates, um, you know, with our fast, like, if we aren't watching TV or we're not on social media and like we have a specific devotional plan, like it gets us back in order of like the things that are important and it helps us to like create a new standard and a new normal and be willing to settle into that and not make it like a special occasion. Yeah. Yeah. You know, it, and when you do an extended time of fasting, you, you're, you're going to be hungry for, <laughs> you know, you do a 40 day fast, you're going to be hungry for 40 days. Um, you, your brain starts to change and you start to not think about it as often. You start to overcome those things. But um, when you come out of it and, and, and you're at the, or you're at the end of it, you don't ever look back and think about the hunger. You really don't. You don't it's, it's kind of like when you give birth, they say that the mom never remembers the pain. You, you never look back at the time of fasting and, and, and remember the hunger because, because it's so intertwined with such intimacy and grace that that you just you just hunger for more of it. I remember coming out of the first one and sitting in the remnant class and and you know you know you don't 
the first thought is not even you, the the hundredth thought is not even of the hunger that you experienced in it. I remember sitting there and just telling them guys, you know, if if I told you that this would change your kids' life forever, you would start tomorrow. You wouldn't wait. You would you would power through. You would you would figure it out one way or another. You would do it. If I told you that, and I believe that this has the power to change your and your children's life forever. And I think that if you would would dive into that, that your faith would be transformed, your life would be changed, your family's life would be changed by your by your willingness to, to submit and to dive into that. So um, this is the kind of the real, real practical part, and it's what do I eat and what should I restrict? I'm just going to reiterate that there's not a specific way to do this. There's not one way that's more right or more holy, but there are some ways that we have fasted that we can help explain to you so that you can know just some practical examples of what that looks like. And then you can seek the Lord and ask him what you think your fast should look like. Um, I'll let you, you want to, you want to go over um, something? Yeah, sure. So we have, like, I have these little packets that are just three pages for anyone who wants them. But the first page on here, you guys can even pass them around if you want. That's not distracting. Um, well, if it's like a couple, they just can take one. But um, so on the top, we have our book recommendations. And these are the three that I read during my last 40-day fast and that got Shane onto the 40-day fast initially. So the Jesus Fast by Lou Engel, um, the Hidden Power of Prayer and Fasting by, can't pronounce that name, and um, Nazarite DNA, which Nazarite DNA is only like a little, I think it's 50 pages, but that's referenced um, in the Jesus Fast a lot. Um, So there's a list here like Juice Fast, which would be um, fruits and vegetables in liquid form. So we do, that's smoothies for us, Mm -hmm. but... um, so I just get like giant bags of fruit at Walmart, frozen fruit, and you can add like avocado in there. And if you do banana, like the more ripe it is, the sweeter your mm-hmm. um, smoothie is going to be, but that helps a lot. And you can do like canned fruit. Mm-hmm. Um, if you do frozen spinach or kale, like that might sound gross, but like if you mix in a little mm-hmm. bit, you can't even tell it's in there. Um, and then we use pea protein, so it's plant-based and if anyone wants the website or anything, I can send that link to you. Um, it's on the paper, too. Oh, yeah, it's on here. And you can kind of just make it how you want. Like, we put celery and carrots and, like, cucumber in there. And, mm-hmm. again, if you don't, like, overload it, you can't even taste that it's in there. Yeah. Bananas bananas, and, and, and like, we would buy canned pears with no sugar. And um, and, the, and the bananas and the pears actually will add, like, a sweetness. It will help. I know Nick's like, don't don't even mention bananas. But if you, and for everybody, every normal human being in the world, bananas and pears, bananas and pears are a great way to add sweetness to something. So you could add a lot of vegetables and then add a little bit of sweetness and cover up some of those those other flavors. And I would literally put a whole entire avocado in a smoothie. And um, and it just adds more of like you don't really taste the avocado a lot. Adds a little bit of a nutty flavor almost, like a creamy nutty flavor. So that's a good way to add like uh, uh, avocado is a great way to get healthy fats in your body um, uh, during a fast like that. 
and it's and it's still good. And actually, I wish we would have made a smoothie and then brought it for you guys to taste it because actually the smoothies are really good. Fasting is literally not about you suffering through terrible food. It's really not. It doesn't have to be that way. You could you could drink a smoothie that tastes really really good, and yet it's not necessarily uh, it's not necessarily quenching that hunger inside of you at least not for longer than 30 seconds it's not necessarily quenching that hunger inside of you uh it's still suppressing that flesh nature but it actually still tastes good it doesn't have to be gross you know it can be actually really good and and you kind of got to experiment yourself and figure out what you like but we literally like we load these things up with fruits and vegetables and very good pj made uh uh the what was it v8 like a homemade yeah yeah yeah. Yes. Yeah. 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 I would buy. Uh, I would buy little V8s from the store, little cans of V8, and I would actually warm them up in a coffee mug, and they just taste like tomato soup. So, at day forty, they're gross, but <laughs> the first twenty days they're good. But honestly, by day like thirty, you're not even thinking about like honestly, you're not thinking about like oh, I'm so hungry for a smoothie. You're just like. My body needs a little bit of energy. Let me just put a little bit of energy in the bo- in your body, which is actually what food is supposed to be to us. It just food becomes what it's supposed to be to us. It's just an energy source, and you'll literally feel yourself in those depleted times. You drink a smoothie, you'll literally like feel the energy shoot through your body. Like it's 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 pretty amazing. I think just another thing to note too is like with fasting, you have to like you need to be prepared like obviously it takes time to like sit there and get out you know 12 different ingredients and make a smoothie and sometimes you can get like in a panic and the hunger hits you and you're like i'm not going to be home for like three more hours so i think a big piece of it too is like just be prepared and you can make like i wouldn't make too much unless maybe you freeze it because it could like separate but just even like make enough for the day and bring it with you wherever you're going and put it in the fridge Mm -hmm. um because i think it really only lasts probably like two hours, like digesting liquids like that. Um, and then another one that we do is like a veggie one. It's kind of like a potato soup type of base. Like you could do canned potatoes, celery, and carrot and onion. It's kind of like the base. And then you mm-hmm. can just add other like green peppers, corn, stuff like that. It's hard to find vegetable broth online that doesn't have sugar added to it. But if you, if you just cook like vegetables in water you will literally get the broth and it's really good it's really good without any added sugars or any anything added and then another one is daniel fast which is typically like if you look it up online 21 day is like the typical thing for a daniel fast um and that's fruits vegetables whole grains and nuts so with the daniel fast like you can eat as much as you want but that is like you have to pay attention to labels you're basically only eating like natural food like if it's packaged there's like a 99 percent chance like it's not going to be good for the daniel fast there are a few things like rice cakes with natural peanut butter Mm -hmm. and bananas is like a really good snack and lar bars not all lar bars some of them have chocolate chips and stuff in them but like there's a peanut butter cookie one you can have and cashew Mm -hmm. cookie it's like a little bar that's based it's there's dates in it yeah the main substance is dates um but i think that Daniel fast too. Like, I mean, most people want to be healthier. Like, I mean, we could say who in this room wants to be healthier and I guarantee you like every hand will go up. So like all of these, you know, if you sit there and have a plate and it's 
half full of fruit and half full of vegetables. You're not like, like that's healthy. Yeah. So this is all good stuff. It's just the liquids, like they digest really fast. So the hunger piece is definitely there. Yeah. And then with the Daniel fast, I think it's just a really good transition into like just clean eating mm-hmm. because you could easily just add meat to it after you finish your fast and like you're, you've gone through the caffeine and sugar withdrawals and all that. And you're just in a good place to like, and it makes you creative too. Like you might try foods that you don't normally try and Mm -hmm. it kind of like adjusts your taste to be willing to try new things. There's, uh, you know, there's physical, there's a physical side to fasting and, and a lot of people, you know, assume that you just deplete your body and shrivel up and eventually you just turn into nothing and die. But actually like, the fast that we've done, these these forty day juice fasts and these Daniel fasts are extremely healthy and you will your body will literally like you'll notice it. Physically you will feel better at the end than when you started. And that's that's crazy to think because you think, well, how are you gonna make how are you gonna be able to do that? So now I drank nothing but fruits and vegetables in liquid form for forty days. And I get these dry spots on my face right here. By the end of it, they were gone. My my skin was like completely cleared i would wake up in the morning and sleep great at night wake up in the morning have level energy all day long this is while i'm in the middle of fasting this fast level energy all day long i'm thinking clearly i'm more aware of everything it's just amazing what happens in your body like i said a lot of people think is this good for my health this is is very this is very very healthy for your body will physically benefit from it just as your spirit does it is very 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 good for you um and then i guess that's it for the fasting stuff but obviously if you have more questions you can text either of us and there's there's this one last thing this is in the back of that nazarite dna book and emma made copies of it and it's in it's in that little packet but this is um it's just a fast commitment and what this helps you do is it helps you to reflect on what you're doing and why you're doing it and so I would encourage you, if you guys are going to jump into that, you can fill one of these out and, and then just put it somewhere where you can see it and return to it. Have a devotional plan. Have a, a have a plan to read. Listen, if all you're doing in fasting is not eating, then all you're doing is starving. All right? That's it. You, there has to be a part of it, it where you're empowering your spirit, emboldening your spirit. And so, so uh, if you fill this out, fill this out, put a plan together, and then just execute it one day at a time. That's all you have to do. You don't have to do 40 days at once. You just have to do one day at a time, 40 times in a row. And so just do it today and, and, and make it through the day. Um, fill out your commitment and then execute it one day at a time. And, and just be present with the Lord. The Lord doesn't want to rush through and see what happens at the end. He wants to do something in those little moments in every day. And he needs you to be present in those, in those days. So when you go into those times, just let it be, uh, let it be what it is. Listen to the Lord in, in one day at a time, sit and soak, let the Lord speak to you. And just don't think about tomorrow or how you're going to make it through the next week. Just make it through the day and do what, do what the Lord has, has, has encouraged you to do. So that's, I think that's pretty much all we have. I'm just going to pray real quick for you because I believe that the Lord wants to release blessing and grace over you guys. You guys are obviously here because you are hungry for him and, and hungry to do whatever is needed to, to, to have more of him. And we believe the Lord wants to, to um, anoint you with a grace to do that. So, Lord, we, we just pray uh, an anointing and a grace over every person who has 
come out here today, Lord. They hunger for you. We pray that they would uh, that they would sense your leadership in this, God, and that as they step in boldly, Lord, to do things that maybe they've never done in their life, God, I pray that you would be in every step of it, that you would encourage them, that they would feel your presence like I felt your presence, that they would feel the richness of fasting like I felt the richness of fasting, Lord. We pray that you would just open up new um, new doors, that you would provide healing, that you provide wisdom, that you provide strength, that you provide passion, Lord, that you would give us um, give us the wisdom to do what, what you desire for us. We pray that in that time that, Lord, you would establish an authoritative faith in us, that we would know that everything that is yours is ours, Lord, and, and, and that we would walk in that and that we would come out of that with an authoritative faith to change and shape um, our lives and the culture and the people around us, Lord. We thank you that you've given us this tool. You've given us, this is a blessing to us. This is not something that we do for you. This is something that you have given to us, Lord. And we thank you for that. We thank you for the tool and the gift of fasting and prayer that we get to come and be at your feet and that in the midst of that, you will just transform and change and edify us, Lord. We pray blessing over every person here. We pray that you would just move in, in, in unique and powerful ways, Lord. We love you and we honor you in Jesus' name. Amen.